Hello and welcome to the Van Foodster Podcast. I am your host, Richard Wallach, covering the food scene in and around the Vancouver area, across Canada and beyond. This is episode 74 of the Van Foodster podcast. In this week's episode, I talk about the Italian Osteria in Langley. I will talk about dining over brunch at Cold Tea Restaurant in downtown Vancouver. I talk about one of my favorite bakeries in Victoria, Foepi Dockside. I'll talk about Sweet Pure Honey and their products. And lastly, I'll feature my interview with Dimitri Patch of Namos and Lula's Taverna. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Van Foodster, as well as visit VancouverFoodster.com for everything food in Vancouver and beyond. We'll get on with this week's episode. The Italian Osteria has been out in Langley for about five years now, and this was my first time to finally dine there. And, you know, I had been invited for their opening many years ago, well, five years ago, of course, and I I don't remember what happened that night, but I was not able to make it, and I just never got there. You know, over the years, it's, just, it's hard to get to some places, and uh, finally had a chance to visit them and enjoy their delicious food, delicious Italian food, incredible hospitality shout out to our server ari she was just amazing you know and we had a great chat afterwards she uh seasoned server of course she's been her been serving for 14 years in various different companies and roles and uh, she's just loving it working at italian Austria. so it was a great always great to have a great server when you're uh, enjoying a delicious meal so um they have one thing that i really liked here is they have a large selection of zero proof cocktails on her menu um, you know, you, it's, you're going to see more and more of this now as many, many restaurants will be adding uh, zero-proof cocktails to the menu. And sometimes you only find like one or two downtown at a restaurant or something. But there are like six different cocktails on this menu already. And I believe their bartender is working on many more. So I uh, got to try a couple of those. And then I'll talk about that in a minute. And, uh, and some delicious dishes. So they are Italian. It's Italian food. And they do... Everything in-house, they make pizzas, they make pastas, they make other dishes. Uh, so just to give you an idea of what I had, uh, which was just really, really good. Uh, first of all, just an, an appetizer to share. Eric and I had a, a share. It's crispy bocaccini, but basically that was like fried cheese. So anybody who loves fried cheese, you're going to love this. Um, not my thing particularly. It was just probably my least favorite dishes of all, um, but just because I don't, I don't know, just deep fried cheese is not really my thing. So, but anyway. People who like that will like this. Uh, then we had this amazing dish. It was called the Roasted Steelhead Filet. It actually, um, it comes in a large serving dish uh, designed to share. Uh, they say, you know, two people, but I think really like, depending on if you're ordering other items. So we had, of course, lots of other items. So basically to me, that dish turned into four. It turned into two leftovers the night, the next night. Uh, but it's a great dish. And one thing we learned in the restaurant, which I did not know, because we look at the menu, I was like, where are the vegetables? Like, I got to have a side of vegetables, but you don't see them listed in the menu, which is a little odd. I don't know why they do that. But anyway, I asked the server, I'm like, so I see that you've got broccolini on your tomahawk dish. Could we order a side of broccolini? And she says, of course, we, we, we do this all the time. I'm like, well, why is it not on the menu? She says, yeah, I know. We don't know why it's on the menu, but you know, people ask us, and then as servers, we accommodate. 
So um, they took, uh, they added a, a broccolini side for me and they put it, they served it to us with the uh, roasted steelhead filet. So um, it's on a bed of risotto, which was really good. It came with some squash, two, a couple of different kinds of squash. And then they had the um, broccolini kind of part, part of that dish, which was great because, you know, you had the whole dish and we got to share. So it was really, really delicious. So I definitely recommend the um, steel, the roasted uh, steelhead filet, really, really good dish. Also, um, tried a few different, uh, a couple of different pastas. So the Hokkaido squash ravioli was my favorite. Was really, really good. Uh, it's made with a, it's filled ravioli with um, Hokkaido squash and ricotta together. So that was really good. And then on the outside, on the top of the dish, you've got uh, kale, grapes, walnuts, and red wine pecorino. It was just, the whole thing was really, really good. So I would definitely order that again next time. And, and that's one you should get. And then the other one, um, this one, as he, uh, Chef Colin told me about this, I was kind of asking like around, like, what are your, what are their like go-to dishes there? Not that I, I don't want to know that necessarily want the popular dishes. That's not what I really want to try. But what are his favorites? And he is the culinary director of the Joseph Richards Group, Richard Group, which owns the Italian Austria. So I asked him for a few of his favorites. So I got that. So one of them was this uh, other pasta. It was called Lumace a la vodka so and i asked the server i'm like what's your favorite and this was her favorite too this was her favorite dish the lumachi uh lumacha a la vodka it was actually really good but my favorite still was the Hokkaido squash ravioli that was favorite but anyway this was really good it was done with chorizo chicken garlic uh had a bit of a chili in it eggplant ricotta salada and basil just a really really good dish a uh, great one if you're going to have it on on its own or a great one if you're going to share. So definitely check that one out. We are there. Um, and then another thing, which we did do something different, different than I would normally do. I would always try pizza. If I'm in a restaurant, an like Italian restaurant, I'm always going to try pizza. But my friend said, let's try their gluten-free crust. So it turns out it's a gluten-free crust is cauliflower-based crust. And wow, I'm so happy he suggested this. This was phenomenal. Uh, so because sometimes you ask, you're like, pizzeria what are, pe are people ordering gluten-free and most pizzerias will tell you not really but this case i was told a different many people are ordering the gluten-free crusts because people want healthy options these days and a lot of their customers are ordering it so they've obviously perfected it they know how to do it it was very good um actually won me over i was like i actually didn't need the regular pizza that night i was like this is great so we had the um Truffle mushroom pizza, so really good flavors, right? You've got ro roasted, thyme-roasted mushrooms on top, truffle cream, mozzarella, baby arugula, and you've got this cauliflower crust, so it was very good. Uh, then another thing we learned, which you did not know, it doesn't say on the menu. I don't know why they don't put this on the menu, but if you order a pasta or a pizza, they give you a complimentary garden salad. So you don't need to order a salad that's on the menu. This it's done. So if you and if you have like we had a couple pastas, so they made up this one large salad and served it to us, and it was a garden salad for two people basically, and it was very good. So you know, great to know. This is like your hidden gem because you don't know it because you don't see it on the menu. They don't tell you unless until the server says, "Oh, are you going to order a pasta or pizza?" Oh, by the way, we serve a complimentary garden salad. So there you go. Did not know, but. Now you know. <laughs> and then, uh, so on the drink side of things, so on the Zero Proof Cocktails, I tried the Lumetti uh, Breeze. That was really that good. That was my favorite. It was a Zero Proof Coffee made with Lumet. Uh, Lumet is actually a non-alcoholic gin. It's made on Vancouver Island. It's Sheringham. 
distillery. So it's a local product. It's also done with grapefruit, passion fruit so syrup, and soda. That was great. It was really good flavors to it. The other one I tried was Lumet, Lumet Collins. So this is like a Tom Collins kind of idea. So you've got the same Lumet non-alcoholic gin, lemon, simple syrup, soda. But, you know, depends what you want. If you want a Collins kind of drink or you want to go with the, the Breeze, the Breeze was great. And we tried a couple of desserts. Now, I posted one on my Instagram yesterday. I'm sure everyone's seen it. It looks amazing. Um, it is a tiramisu sphere. Now, this is fun. I, you know, five years ago, I ate at, it was maybe it was six years ago. I'm not exactly sure, but they had opened, Joseph Rescue Group had opened up a restaurant called SNL Kitchen out in South Surrey. And I was at, I ate there shortly after they had opened and got to try lots of different dishes. And they had this uh, dessert, which was a, a sphere. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but it was really good. And they would pour this anglaise, a table over this little sphere, and it would melt. So it was a, a great interactive dessert. So this time around, they have this tiramisu sphere. And I believe it's been on the menu since they opened. Um, so it's not new, but I, it seems to me that not many people have had it, or if they've had it, they haven't. I don't know. Like I posted on Instagram, people are like, "Wow, I haven't seen anything like it." I'm like, "But it's not new. It's been around for about five years." But anyway, so I guess that's what happens sometimes. But it was delicious. So first of all, I, I wouldn't want to share that. I'm sorry, I wouldn't want to have this one on my own. I think I think it's too rich. I mean, you might maybe 20 years ago I want the whole thing by myself, but not now. Sharing was the best way to do it. So it, it comes to table and it's like it's obviously this chocolate sphere and they they come by and they pour a tiramisu anglaise on top of it on top of the dessert and it's warm and it melts it. So as you're watching, you film it and all that kind of stuff, and then it melts right in front of you, which was amazing. And then you dig in, and it's like incredible dessert. Like it's you just you've never had it like. I mean, first of all, it's very rich. It's very decadent. It's a total. It's a tiramisu. So. Uh, Ladyfinger cookies, vanilla mascarpone, cream, bitter chocolate crumble, and an espresso anglaise, which is poured over the top when it melts. I mean, amazing. We also tried the ricotta cheesecake. That was also really good. Uh, very different than other cheesecakes I've had. Um, it's it's topped with a citrus salad, a limoncello syrup, and citrus marmalade. So you've got that citrusy taste. It's ricotta cheesecake. So really, really good. I shared it. I would actually eat that by myself because it was like really good and why share something that's really good? But anyway, definitely check out Italian Osteria. I think these guys have done a phenomenal jo job. And when I, I interviewed um, uh, Ryan uh, Moreno um, a couple days ago, and he is the CEO of the Joseph Richard Group. They have many, many restaurants. I won't get into that. You can actually listen to the uh, entire uh, interview uh, from my Instagram. So at Van Foodster, you can go to that. You can see uh, the kind of videos. You'll see my interview with... Um, Ryan, and it's very informative. If you want to learn anything about the company and everything that these guys are doing, click on it. It's a great listen, like 45 minutes in or so like that, and uh, you'll hear what they're doing. But I, I understand from that conversation there will be another Italian Osteria opening somewhere in the greater Vancouver area very, very soon. So watch for that. I can't wait to see where these guys that, uh, end up. Uh, it's such a great team involved in this company now, and it's a couple of people I do know. Um, Jeff Bruno Felstein, he is a... Um, one of the judges on the uh, Canadian, the great Canadian baking show. He's been doing that for four years now. He is actually involved in Joseph Richard Group now. He's working on desserts for special projects. He's currently working on their catering company and revamping their dessert menu. He's done other projects, and I'm sure he'll do a lot more with his company over time. Um, also, Colin Bursum, he's the culinary director of the Joseph Richard Group. He's overseeing everything culinary, and I, and I can actually want to do a, a, we'll feature him sometime soon on, on the podcast. 
and uh, we'll talk about everything he's doing because from what I got is culinary director of the whole company. They have sold like multiple restaurants now, catering. There's a lot going on. The post project coming into downtown Vancouver in the fall of 2023. So definitely lots going on with this company and I uh, can't wait to talk to Colin. Uh, but And um, so a lot going on. So anyway, so check out Osteria, it's, uh, Italian Osteria in Langley. And they're out by the Cineplex, not far from the Cineplex. Um, which is the Colossus Cineplex, I guess it's called, out in Langley. Uh, Cold Tea Restaurant just launched a new weekend brunch. I guess it launched last week. I had a chance to check it out this week. And uh, they're doing a little bit different. They used to be just like a dim sum brunch. Now it's just a regular brunch, but they have dim sum. So you're one side of the menu is the dim sum, and the other side of the menu are brunch favorites. So um, Chef Liam has like kind of gone to town and put on a whole bunch of different new dishes. And I tried a few, and they were really good. So to give you an idea, my favorite one, though, I mean, it's favorite. I have two favorites. So everybody knows I don't like eggs. So the way to do that is um, you bring a friend along who loves eggs. So my friend Cheryl joined me, and she loves eggs. So we had a great photo of this uh, dish. But then she took the egg. She got the egg. Confit duck. This was really good. This duck was absolutely delicious perfectly cooked it was very very tasty it came on top of a scallion pancake also very tasty a little greasy the pancake but in this case i liked it and i was happy that it had the grease because it just sort of it worked so well this pancake and the um and the confit duck it was just delicious flavors all around i shared it i would eat that one by myself i would you know minus the egg of course but i would actually eat that one by myself but anyway, it's great to share. The other dish that I absolutely love was the Hong Kong French toast. This is done really, really well. Um, I'm definitely going back and having another one of these very soon and having this one on my own. Uh, it was a peanut butter stuffed French toast. So I think the, the bread, it looked like it was like a milk kind of bread, milk bread. It was really good. And then it was stuffed as peanut butter, which was delicious. And then it was topped with cream anglaise, whipped cream, and pistachio biscotti. Like the whole thing, amazing. For anybody who doesn't like eggs, like me, uh, Hong Kong French toast, just do it. You don't have to worry, no egg, so just enjoy it. And then another thing, though, this is not something I would have ordered. However, good thing we ordered it. So the Char Siu uh, breakfast sando. So my friend's all into breakfast sandos, and she's like, let's get it. And, of course, it had an egg in it. So same thing, you know, I took the egg out. But it was really good. Char Siu roasted pork, first of all, was really good. So the last time I ate there... Um, not knocking them because I love cold tea. I love the whole crew involved in, in, in cold tea. And Ron, Joe, Paul, these guys do a great job running this restaurant. But there was one dish. There was just some pork dish I tried last time, and it wasn't great. This time, amazing. It was so good. It came with sriracha mayo, scallion, crunchy onion, pickled cucumber, and this really good bun. Phenomenal. So three winners at least you know three there's I think there's five new brunch items I believe there's a Benny on there as well we did not try that but it actually sounded really good too and so five I think there's five or six new brunch items we tried three really good also tried their smashed cucumber salad that was very tasty very good because that was kind of like very an eye-opening like a very light salad it was very it was good to have with all these other um other dishes so English cucumber it was very good and then some um, dumplings. Now, there's one dumpling actually. Apparently, the servitore was new to the menu. I had never tried it there before. It's a fulong ba. It's like a the beef soup, the soup dumplings you would normally get in a, a uh, in the Chinese restaurant for dim sum, but would normally come with pork. It was done with beef, so they've changed that up. So that was kind of interesting seeing that. 
Also had a couple favorites of mine of, of dumplings because she, my friend had never been there before, so I wanted her to try it. The vegan pot stickers, which I love, love, love. Vegan pot stickers with kombucha squash, coconut cream, lemongrass. Really good, always. So she enjoyed that. And then the black sheep, and that was like a mince lamb dumpling, black vinegar saute. A bit of a, you know, it's always been a sharp contrast, that dish. But uh, so it was great just to try that and um, and had some uh, jasmine tea to go up with that. So great brunch, 12 to 3. Saturdays and Sundays right now at uh, Colty Restaurant, so check that out. Um, they are also running a drag brunch now once a month, but I don't I didn't remember exactly. I think he said last Sunday of the month, I believe it is. So I know, uh, you know, we're recording today on Sunday, and they are actually having their brunch today, but I'm not there. So um, I do want to check that out one day. I think the drag brunch will be a lot of fun. I love that. I love watching drag performers, and um, I think these guys have done a great job doing this. So I hope to get there one day soon the drag brunch but it's on sunday one sunday the end of the month always um from now on i guess um and uh so i had a chance to try some new products this week uh, not actually not many new products but it's called sweet pure honey the company's called sweet pure honey they're out of saskatchewan i actually met them through my friend matt in the hat um at a party a few months ago um, it was a launch party for one of his videos that he had done with um with uh stella and and uh and sheldon and it was, it was just an eye-opening video about bees and um you know harvesting making honey and and everything that these these this couple does they do incredible work you can find that uh, on youtube i believe it's uh through mad in the hat you can you can find mad astorga actually you can find his video he did it's called food power tv um with uh, pure uh, sweet pure honey so anyway um, so they sent me some honey and I got to try it. And so I had some raw honey this, this week on, uh, I put it on a yogurt granola. So I had some yogurt from uh, Crave Culture Yogurt in North Vancouver, which was phenomenal in itself. And I've talked about that before. And I had a interview with um, uh, Cameron who owns uh, Crave. Uh, it was a few episodes ago. You can look that up. I think it was like episode 72, if I remember, something like that, 71, 72. And uh, you can listen to that. But uh I had some of his plain yogurt and I had some of his granola and I put a bit, some of the raw honey on it. So that was really good. So it's just great flavor uh, added to it. Very, very tasty. And then next day I made some oatmeal up and I put some of her of their honey on the oatmeal. So that was also really good. So you can check them out. One thing also is, you know, after my uh, visit to uh, Victoria last week, which I'll talk about in a minute, um, I, you know, it was very windy and very cold and I had like little chapped lips and I, they, they sent me some lip balm and I put the lip balm on my lips, you know, in two days it was gone. Like it was just back to normal again. So, you know, honey lip balm, what a great idea. Now you can get their products sent right to you. You can order them from online, um, directly online. It's, uh, from, um, sweetpurehoney.ca. They have an online market. They have beeswax, lip balm beeswax candles sweet pure honey you can get it all shipped right to you anywhere across canada so definitely want to check that out and then uh victoria so in victoria there's one of my favorite bakeries i actually have a couple favorite bakeries now but one of my longtime favorite bakeries in victoria is called full epi and it's dockside so they have two locations downtown and dockside i really like the dockside one it's a bit smaller it's just the bakery and I, you know, years ago, I had an interview with Cliff, who owns a, owns a bakery, and we talked about his oven, and he had this really cool brick oven that he built, like hand-built, inside the bakery when he was opening the bakery, and it's just like an old-style brick oven, but the thing is, obviously, these guys have grown substantially over the years, and now, 
they need they need oven production. They need to be able to produce a lot more. So um, while I was there, I discovered that they were um, they were closing this week to remove to dismantle their brick oven, which everyone in Victoria is so sad about. It's like the most original oven, I think the only one around, and uh, they were dismantling it to put in install a state of the art, you know, fancy I guess uh, oven, which is going to just give them significant more production capacity. So I'm sure that's great for them on the business side. But, you know, I think I, people will miss that brick oven because, of course, you know, baking is done with, you get a certain flavor from that. So things might, maybe it's different. I don't know. Maybe they won't, maybe it won't be different. I'm not sure. Anyway, my favorite double-baked almond croissant I've ever had, and I have tried them all over the world, is at Foepi Bakery in Victoria. So... The one of the reasons I like it so much is they have this sweet, this filling inside. It's not too sweet. So you've got this almond filling, not too sweet. And they cover the entire croissant in crushed almonds. Like amazing. And they don't put sugar on it like everybody else does. So you've got this almond croissant and it's crunchy. It's all almonds. And that's what I love. The only thing is it's always hard to get. They only make them on Sundays. They have a very limited run. You got to get there early and then otherwise they're gone. And Every time I get to Victoria, you know, sometimes I'm not there on Sundays. Sometimes I'm there during the week. They don't have them. Or if, I, or if I'm leaving a Sunday, I'm just not near them. So I think it's been about three or four years since the last time I had one of these croissants. So I got it. And I was very happy last weekend to have that. I also had a savory croissant as well, but a savory Danish. But this almond croissant, just I don't know what they do. And why can't we get them in Vancouver? I don't know. But they, anyways, maybe Full Happy one day will open Vancouver. It's my dream. Anyway, very, very good. So I love what these guys are doing. And um, check them out when you're in Victoria. But go on Sunday. And go on Sunday morning right when they open, which I believe was 8 a.m. It was 7.30 or 8 a.m. And I think within an hour or so, they've got those almond croissants. So go and get them. Um, so Greek desserts. Uh, last week, I had a chance to taste some Greek desserts at Namos on... Uh, Fraser, uh, which were made by uh, pastry chef. Oh, he's not. She, he's pastry chef and sous chef, basically, uh, Dimitri. And uh, he's been making desserts for many, many years. Uh, he moved to Vancouver from Greece about six years ago. He's worked all over the city. We'll talk about that momentarily. And he's currently the pastry chef and sous chef of Namos Esterio on Fraser Street in Vancouver, as well as uh, he's doing some pastry for their other restaurant. It's a Different partners with family, different partners. Lula's Taverna on Commercial Drive. So you'll find some of his desserts there. I actually tried when I was at uh, Lula's, I guess it was back in September, I tried their Ekmek dessert, which was really, really good. And it turned out he had created that. So I was very curious to meet him and see what he's doing. And he's doing a lot of great things. And I actually can't wait to see what he does in the near future because I really think the Greek desserts need to be elevated in the city. Every, all these Greek restaurants, the same dessert, same baklava, everyone's the same thing. And I guess they don't remove it because their, their customers want it. But I think the customers need to demand more because, you know, there's a lot of Greek desserts, really cool desserts being made in Greece. And why not, if you can't get to Greece, why not have it here? So hopefully soon he will add some more different desserts. But one of them that I had was my favorite of the two I had. It was the baklava cheesecake. Baked baklava cheesecake. It had baklava bites on top with chocolate ganache on the side. This was phenomenal. Like, and so, anyways, it's a, it's on the menu at Namos. Apparently, it's a huge hit. I don't think they'll take that off for a while. So it's very, very good. I also tried another one, but I'm not a huge fan of black forest cake. I just never really liked it. My my mom always loved it. I was just never a fan of it. 
but anyway, so he made one of those recently. I tried that. But uh, definitely the, bake, the baked baklava cheesecake is the way to go. So have a listen to my interview with uh, Chef Dimitri Patch of Namos and Lula's Taverna. Where in Greece did you grow up and were you always interested in cooking and baking? Yeah, so I grew up in Nevia. That's an island right next to Athens. It's the island that was on fire this year, if you watch the news at all, mm. on summer. There were big fires in Greece. It was my island, actually. Mm. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I grew up with a big family, right? So grandma always used to cook and stuff. We had the wood stone oven, like, very old. So mm. I was always interested in, like, cooking and, like... Um, we always had big barbecues and stuff, like, because we're a big family. So, yeah, I was always, like, inside cooking. But I was never, like, I, I was an athlete first, but then I decided mm -hmm. I like cooking more. So I follow that path. Okay, interesting. Uh, after you came to Vancouver, where did you work in pastry? So pastry, clearly pastry, only pastry. I did at Global uh, on Telus Building at Park the casino um at hydra i was doing also pastry and at namos too i mean all my, and at thomas has for like almost two years so i mean all my jobs they were like around pastry but namos and hydra they were also cooking too so so you're doing you're doing both right now yeah what it is what is it that you've always loved about being a pastry chef and then chef well, pastry chef is more like, it's the final touch of the meal, right? Dessert is the final touch of the meal. So if you leave good impressions at the end, then people will enjoy it more. Um, but yeah, chef is just like, uh, I mean, I think when you walk inside the kitchen, you need to be, to know, to know enough things from both sides, you know? Like you never know how life's gonna bring things for you. So it's good to know. The more, it, the more things you know, the better it is. But if I had to choose, I would say pastry more because it's more detailed. I'm like, I prefer to be like, uh, yeah, pastry is more detailed than like stuff. You cannot like change things around a lot. It's not easy. It's more complex. That's why I like it more. Do you feel your philosophy on making desserts is the same now as when you started out years ago? Uh, I think I've changed a lot. Like... Now I'm more on like uh, use less ingredients with uh, more intense flavors just so people can understand the flavors more. Uh, I think before, like I was trying too hard to put a lot of things on the plate, which everyone is doing that mistake and it, it was not always working. But, um, but yeah, now I'm more on the simple side of things. It's like simple flavors to make people like understand it more. Hmm. And it's easier for the front of the house too to explain it. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, what's your inspiration for the desserts that you do create? Um, from who I'm getting inspiration? Yeah. I would say, well, I like to use my, my flavors. I like to use them a lot based on my palate. So mm -hmm. the things I like, I try to play around with them. Um, like, uh, yes, like I like brown butter and yesterday I had like a brown butter ice cream baked Alaska, for example, mm. Mm. at the restaurant. Uh, but I try to be as seasonal as possible. And um, I try to use things that work well together, like 
Also, that's something very like classic flavors, though, like orange and chocolate, for example. You know, like you can't go wrong with something like that. So you, I like to play around from those things. But like, if I had to choose a person, pastry-wise, I don't know. I, I would probably have to say Thomas because I work with him for a long and like, um, yeah, he's a great mentor and a great human and being in general. So mm-hmm. he would give you a lot of like feedback of how to use flavors and how to create new flavors and how to combine flavors together, which is super important. Because if your flavors are not getting well combined, then that means that uh, you don't know your job right. No, of course, of course. course. (laughs) Uh, So what is your favorite dessert to make personally? So not at the restaurant, but just like, what do you like to make? At home? Uh, uh, That's tricky. I like, I'm more of a pie person. I like to make pies. Like, uh, for example, like fruit pies, a lot of fruit pies, especially spring, spring and summer. Mm. Yeah, I like like peach pies, uh, blueberry pies, like strawberry pie, like make a nice vanilla custard under. It's like pretty classic stuff, but also fulfilling. And it's classic and you cannot go wrong with it. And it's something that like, if I could have it on my menu, it would be for sure there like all the time, all year round. Because everyone likes pie, I think. And it's like, Pie and a cup of coffee is the best thing yeah, for me. True. So I noticed recently you're playing around with chocolate. So maybe yeah. you can talk a little bit about your passion with chocolate and what you're hoping to, to do down the road. Yeah. So chocolate, uh, I, I was always around it, but I was never like really into it. I never put my hands on because I was, I, I prefer more of like um, pastry side of things. So like sponges, custards, entremets, like all those making cakes and stuff. But yeah, like, like I had some free time and I decided to start playing around with chocolate a little bit. And um, yeah, hopefully I can start. Uh, I'm playing around with flavors. And uh, I think one f- the flavors I really like with chocolate is uh, sun, uh, freeze-dried fruits now, which I think is the future of like um, food, for example, because you can preserve it for like a lot of time and it doesn't go bad. <laughs> and it's also super healthy and people are... Uh, and it's a good combination to combine it with chocolate. So you have one unhealthy something with something healthy together. Um, yeah, hopefully I am going to be able to try to sell them to like um, friends in the beginning mm. or like to give them to try and let me know. But yeah, it would be nice to have like a side gig. It's like sell a little, you know, people to people to try some new things. And I was trying to make, I'm thinking of making like some uh, Greek inspired flavors, like we have lots of lots of ingredients that uh, they can be highlighted and people don't know about them right mm-hmm. so yeah that would be a nice thing if when i have more free time of course <laughs> <laughs> okay which you might not have we've got two we're working with two restaurants what types of greek desserts are you hoping to add to the menus at namos and lula's down the road um now that's something that <laughs> uh, i'm th- i'm thinking of uh, like um make a more exciting Greek desserts for example like not the classic stuff so as you saw we already have like some new things like baklava cheesecake for right. example. That, was, that was very good yeah it's a it's like a, our best seller and it's it's been selling great and people like really enjoy it so I hope down the road to get some um, more of like modern flavors out there one thing I'm thinking of doing is like um, probably an olive oil ice cream with like some um, 
fennel, some fennel powder, some fennel seeds powder mm. on top, and uh, maybe some fresh uh, uh, lemon lemon zest, just for the summer season, right? Like more of like a soft serve ice cream kind of thing. Um, maybe like um, Tsureki baked Alaska that I did yesterday was pretty like uh, so. Tsureki is like the Easter bread for Greeks. Just like salak bread is for uh, Jewish people. Yeah. The, our only difference is that we soak it with. Um, we use a lot of spices inside. We use machled and mastic. Mm. Yeah, they're 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 not easy spices to find. They're more on the um, East Asian side of like spices. It's, they're pretty hard to find. But yeah, I did this yesterday. It's pretty it's pretty modern for like Greek dessert with like brown butter. So the flavors come well together. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's easily to change a lot of desserts on our menu because they're all selling a lot, mm. and people like them. And uh, that's the thing with people in Greek restaurants: the guests that they like, they learn a specific way of food, and they want to follow it for the rest of, uh, you know, whenever they go Greek, they want to get like some special things, and it's really hard to play around with them. It's not, it's not like. But we are not gonna do it. We're not gonna change it. But it's really hard to change their perspective mm. of Greek food, you know. And I hope it's something that we can do in the future. We already are, but like elevate it even more, you know. Well, your ekmek was very good that I had at Lola's, and um, I think when people people here tend to know a lot of these traditional Greek desserts. And yeah, like you need to somehow transform these people to like the new, the modern yes, age, yes. right? Which is hard, hard to the twenty first century. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's true because most of the most of the Greek restaurants in this city have been doing just baklava, right? It's just been very basic. This is what you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I think that you have to. Well, another dessert I was planning to do is like um, a eclair with like um, green tea mousse so our our green tea mountain tea it's we call it mountain tea because okay. it grows in the mountains but it's it's really similar to matcha to matcha it's like oh. it has that um, umami flavor you know like very like very light flavor so yeah i was thinking of doing like an eclair with like um, the uh, mountain tea white chocolate mousse mm. and uh maybe put some fig jam inside because we like Grace is also a huge producer of like dry figs. We produce all over the world. We send yeah. them all over, we ship them all over the world. And it's actually from my island too. Oh. So they're pretty, we are pretty famous about the figs. Yeah, and like I was thinking like bring the figs in. They're already dehydrated and make like, um, you know, make like a nice jam with them. Uh, there is a lot of ideas. Like for my chocolate business, for example, I want to make, probably I'll do it for the restaurant too, like, Small bonbon chocolates with like metaxa in, infused flavor. Metaxa is like a, is like a Greek brandy. Oh. It's been very old. It's like seventy years old. You know, like they it's, it's, it's been going back forever, so people know it. But th those are the things that um, I'm, you know, in my future I want to elevate when it comes to Greek cuisine. Because if we don't do it, then no one will do no, it. No, no, this is this is it. Yeah. This is the thing. Yeah. So if you don't try to push. Uh, the the limits of like people out there to see what they what they are willing to do you know mm. so yeah that's the plan what ingredients are you most looking forward to using in your sweets over the spring and summer months uh yeah i'm gonna be using a lot of fruits 
that's for sure um yeah mostly mostly fruits like i mean also bc has like you can get beautiful fruits from the okanagan so like rhubarb is coming in mm. uh peaches are coming like you know all those like cherries are coming so we're gonna play around with like a lot of like french techniques <laughs> like uh, but also like try to keep it close to the greek tradition to the greek flavors so there's gonna be a lot of like mix mix things um but yeah that's it like one thing i'm looking forward to is peaches because i really like peaches and uh, probably will make sorbet for the summer and we'll make like peach gobblers for sure uh maybe try to change the flavors a little bit uh, so it's more of like close to the greek culture but yeah there's gonna be a lot of things probably gonna preserve a lot of uh fruits for that as well um so we can use them for the winter season yeah so are most are most of the new desserts going on at namos or are they coming onto both menus uh no namos we will change the menu probably the next couple of months i guess and lula's probably the same they were hopefully there will be some changes that also depends from the owners if they right. want to change things or not right, right? uh it's tricky. Yeah, if we get the okay to change some desserts, it would be nice. Can you explain some um ing some Greek ingredients where people may not know about here? Like mastique, I've only heard it a couple times, and I don't yeah. totally understand what it is. I don't think anybody else has a clue either. Yeah, is in Greek. So mastique, for example, is um, mastique grows in a tree. Mm. So mm. that. The tears that they are coming down from, it's actually growing up in only on that island in the whole world. So you cannot oh. find it somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, it's like, it's super, like think for five grams, you're paying like around 10 bucks here to get it. So it's like, on a, on a, it's coming down as a tear from the tree. Okay. okay. And people are collecting it. Uh. So uh, when you buy it, it's already dehydrated and it's like, um, um, not dehydrated, it's dried, sorry. And um, you're getting like crystal clear, oh. like shape. Yeah, like a small circle of like crystal clear. Oh. The flavors are really, they're super bitter. So you cannot put a lot inside because if you oh. put a lot, it will be super unpleasant and bitter. Mm -hmm. So if you use it, if you use it on the right, uh, if you use the right method for that and you use just enough, not a lot, it will, it will change a lot of the uh the, the flavors on your plates okay. and especially i use it a lot for custards because it's really hard to work it as well like or you're gonna blend it a lot or you're gonna have to melt it so it's really it's really tricky how to use it it's huh. not easy to use it yeah. but yeah it's interesting because people it's 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 really hard to explain it to people because if you don't see it if you don't see it visually like how you have a tree and it's like it it goes down on the trees it's really it's really hard to explain so i hope i did explain which, no, yeah. which so besides ekmek which what other desserts would that go in uh well we use it on the tsuraiki for example the bread oh, oh bread. okay yeah yeah um uh, you we you can use it for uh tablespoon desserts so like the the fruit desserts mm. Yeah, you can use it to other casters. You can use it to lots of people use it to pies. Lots of people are just chewing it, to be honest, as a candy. You can uh, chew it as uh, a candy too. Um, you can use it for, uh, yeah, for ganazes, for example, to infuse ganazes with that. You know, you can 
it's like it's just an ingredient that you can you can you you can have endless possibilities with it and you can do whatever you want with it. So are there are there any other Greek ingredients that you haven't really seen much around Vancouver that uh, you think people should know about? Uh, I think uh, when it comes to Greek ingredients, we have a huge variety of butter, like mm. fresh, especially fresh butter. That's the difference here with like uh, with like Europe in general has a lot of like butter difference. But like here, I think because of the law, it's really hard to find good butter. Right. And right. Um, for example, in Greece, there is at least I would say at least fifteen different types of butter. Mm. And uh, all the traditional recipes they use a specific they use a specific butter, so it's to get the the consistent they want for that uh, for that dessert, for example, and especially like breads and stuff. Mm. So it's really hard here to find that, and that's why it's really hard to also make the make the flavors as close to tradition Got and it. try to elevate them. Right, but we are trying. We are, we are, we are trying hard. <laughs> so, what kind of honey do you guys use in your baklava? Are you using local or using from Greece? Uh, yeah, we're using Okanagan BC honey. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty. I think it's pretty good. Honey is also something that it's like, it's really hard to find good honey on a good price too. You know, because like if you find good honey here, it's gonna be super expensive, and uh, people is don't buy that like i i buy it because i like honey and i grew up with like good honey mm -hmm. so uh yeah like for example probably we're gonna make a honey pie also for like the spring you know now that it's coming down it's gonna be super sweet but it's a honey pie you know? so what is honey pie i've never heard of that before well it's uh it, it comes with like a savory dough so we're probably gonna make like a savory dough and we're gonna make a honey filling and that's it just bakes cool down so it's a uh, it's straight up a pie. It just has a honey feeling. It's more on the sweet side, but for me, it's really nice. Huh? Yeah. So, what is the last thing you want people to know? So, I actually want to know what is your what do you like to eat? Like, what's your favorite cuisine to eat outside of Greek? Yeah. What yeah. Do you love what do you love to eat? Like, well, I mean, it, it depends a lot on uh, the weather. I would say. Oh, okay. <laughs> So if it's like a cold, cold rainy day, I really enjoy ramen. Okay, yeah. Um, if it's like, I like burgers. I mean, it's fast food, right? It's fast. It's good. It hits the spot. It comes on a good price. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll go like I'll 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 I like fancy things. I like expensive things. I'm I'm not a big like, uh, I'm not a, a lot of I'm not picky guy when it comes to food. So I would say it's uh what's the weather like you know yeah. uh because growing up we grew up with a lot of like seasonal flavors you know like in greece growing up in an island especially in a small village with like grandmothers and grandfathers around mm -hmm. so we like for example summer we would eat uh super light you know because it's hot like here in summer i will eat like sushi like lots of salads you know not not a lot of heavy things you know to make you feel heavy. to make you feel uncomfortable right yeah of course Lots of fresh vegetables. Like I think Vancouver, it has to offer a lot when it from spring to summer. Mm -hmm. I think it's a it's a paradise on earth. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it has like the farmers markets and like everything. It's like growing up, the veggies growing up and everything. It's super nice, and um, yeah, and it's good right now, especially in those times that they're like, we don't know where those times will get us from now. So I would say to people to try to help those 
individuals who are mm-hmm. doing their own thing, you know, like small businesses, lots of small businesses coming out now through this pandemic and like lots of family restaurants are in it, you know, and people should like try to help them as much as possible because behind all those like individuals and all those family restaurants, there's probably families that need to survive, right? And it's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's our duty, I think, as a hospitality industry to support them. And, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Tune into the next episode next week to hear more interviews with chef and cookbook authors as well as other features. Please tell your friends about this podcast and have them subscribe to the Van Foodstrip Podcast and Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and Amazon Music to hear my weekly show covering the food scene in and outside of Vancouver.